See, here's the thing. Mono is a, a picture of symptoms, and that's where we give the name of mono. And the causes is from Epstein-Barr virus, also cytomegalovirus can cause the symptoms of mono. So to say maybe everyone doesn't necessarily get mono because some people are not going to have all the symptoms related to mono, but still got exposed to Epstein-Barr virus. But it doesn't really matter if you either get mono or you got just a mild form of Epstein-Barr virus that we don't necessarily call, call mono. But it's still it's Epstein-Barr virus is still in your body and it can still cause issues later on in your life. You're listening to the Integrative Medical Podcast with Dr. Jake, a licensed naturopathic doctor who will show you how to tap into your body's natural ability to heal your health issue and improve your symptoms quickly without harmful drugs or devastating surgeries. So pour some tea, get comfortable where you are, and enjoy this healing episode. Welcome back to the Integrative Medica podcast. I am Teresa. I'm a mom. I'm a health nut. I'm a wife to a cancer fighter. And I'm here today with Dr. Jake to talk about Epstein-Barr virus and on our energy levels. Very interesting virus here, Dr. Jake, that you're bringing up today. Epstein-Barr virus, also known as EBV is a virus that can affect all cells throughout the body. And in that way, it's going to affect our energy levels. So it's going to be fun to talk about today and probably talk about something that a lot of people don't know about. Well, and I, what I find interesting, and we've, we've discussed the virus kind of briefly in, in some past videos where you've talked about like ruling out chronic infections and things that, that could be like root causes to certain diseases and conditions mm -hmm. um, and, and then just learning just like how common this virus is and how much it can wreak havoc on our bodies. And we don't even know that we've been dealing with it. So uh, super fascinating. I'm so glad that we're able to actually really dig into this virus specifically today. I know I've had experience with it. I was one of those kids that caught mono when I was like 15 years old and so forth. So definitely interested in, in what you have to say about it. So let's get started. For those of us who are listening in, you probably tuned in because you're either on a journey somehow digging into what is Epstein-Barr? Maybe I have it, maybe I don't. Or maybe you just, you like to listen to everything that Dr. Jake shares and you're like, hey, teach me. I don't I have no idea what this is. And, uh, and we're here for some surprises. Either way, let's get standing before we dig into the energy and so forth. What is Epstein-Barr virus? When you first catch it, what are those acute effects that you typically are going to have? So Epstein-Barr virus, like it is, it's a, it's a virus. But what it does is it's a, one of our main viruses that causes the symptoms of mono. So we talk a lot about mono. Most of us have heard about that. 90% of us have been exposed to this virus. Maybe you didn't think you had severe symptoms, but most of us have been exposed to this virus. And the acute symptoms that it causes is that it usually causes extreme fatigue, it will many times cause a headache. You will get a sore throat. Sometimes you'll get abdominal pain. Maybe you'll get a little bit of uh, liver pain. If you go to a doctor and they check your labs, many times your liver enzymes are going to be elevated there. You're many times going to have a lot of joint pains throughout your body. So that's the typical scenario with Epstein-Barr virus. Some people will experience the symptoms for just a couple of days. Others will experience for two weeks or maybe months of uh, dealing with these debilitating symptoms that are related to Epstein-Barr virus. Now, I know that when I caught it, I caught mono, and I know that that's not always the case, that you can have Epstein-Barr and not have mono, so I'd love to learn a little bit more from you on what, what that means exactly 
for me, I caught mono when I was 15. Doctor ruled it out that it was Epstein-Barr. He did all the little tests. And it hit me very hard. I was in high school. I was probably out of school for a good month, maybe even longer. It started off for me as um, like a really bad sore throat, really tender, swollen lymph nodes here to the point where we were like, does she have mumps? Like I was really swollen, very hurt to, mm -hmm. to talk and so forth. I think it didn't go away. So we decided to go to the doctor and then the doctor ruled out or he ruled in that I had, I had mono and which is weird because I didn't actually have the fatigue yet. He's like, it's going to come. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So he sends me back home and boom, within a couple of days, the fatigue hit and it was so extreme. I probably slept, I'm going to say a good 18 hours a day for weeks. Then I would get to a point where I would, you know, wake up and, you know, I'd be like, okay, I should probably do some homework. You know, I'd have like a homeschool packet that they sent home with me, get something to eat or use the restroom. But I remember even getting up to go use the restroom, just like the, the 15 feet that it took to walk from my room. I was so exhausted by the time I got there, I would crawl back to my bed and then just go back to sleep again. I'm not even sure I was able to get a whole lot of, of work in. You said that, that sometimes for some people it can it can definitely last long, but what about those bouts of fatigue that length? Is that very common for somebody who gets mono? Uh, it depends. Uh, some people get it, like I said, it just lasts for a couple of days and they feel like it was just like a cold. Others are going to be hit hard like you and it can last for months and they could have debilitating fatigue and have muscle weakness and a lot of uh, decreased stamina from it too. Like I said, some people even can experience it for months or even years having this, these debilitating symptoms from it. It just depends on how it affects the cells. Epsom Barr virus is going to go into the cell and mess with everyone's mitochondria. And it depends on how much trauma that happens to the mitochondria with how much fatigue that you experience. So it, yeah, just depends person to person. And Epsom Barr virus so will cause mono in everyone, but. Yeah. See, here's the thing. Mono is a, a picture of symptoms, and that's where we give the name of mono. And the causes is from Epstein-Barr virus, also cytomegalovirus, can cause the symptoms of mono. So to say maybe everyone doesn't necessarily get mono because some people are not going to have all the symptoms related to mono but still got exposed to Epstein-Barr virus. But it doesn't really matter. You either get mono or you got just a mild form of Epstein-Barr virus that we don't necessarily call, call mono. But it's still, it's Epsom Barr virus is still in your body and it can still cause issues later on in your life. Now, how common is this virus? I mean, it, it, has everybody probably caught it? What are we talking about here? 90% of people have been exposed to Epsom Barr virus. That's a, maybe a little bit more half. So, so many people have been exposed to it. So, yeah, it's definitely epidemic and uh, a lot of people get exposed to it and you could get chronic issues from it in the future depending on what happens in your life. And I know that that's one of the specific things that we really wanted to talk about today was how this virus, when reactivated, obviously when you have it, like you like with what I experienced, extreme fatigue, right? That's the acute effects. But then you get over it, it goes away, it happened to me, went away, was able mm -hmm. to go back to school, back, you know, function everyday life kind of a thing, but it can reactivate and that is going to affect our, it's going to have some different type of symptoms, but there's definitely going to be some effects on, on some energy. So I'd love to hear from you what causes a reactivation and what might somebody start to feel if they have a chronic infection? Yeah. So you can be exposed to the Epstein-Barr virus. You get those acute mono symptoms and it can last for forever. Really. Some people get, get it. They get the sickness. 
and they just haven't felt the same sense and they're extremely fatigued or they have a lot of brain fog, they have a lot of joint pains, just hasn't gone away. Majority of people do get exposed to it and eventually they do get over it and they get back to normal life. But what can happen, let's say you have a big traumatic event in your life, a death in the family or a child is doing something you don't like or you have a ton of stress with work. This is the most common way I see people getting a reactivation of the epstein bar virus because this stress response is going to suppress our immune system. And our immune system is keeping these vi- all these viruses that we get exposed to in their dormant state. So we have all kinds of viruses we get exposed to, epstein bar virus and many others, right? And what can happen when you get this traumatic event, it will suppress your immune system. The immune system is not able to keep it under control and it can reactivate now. It will present with some of the acute symptoms of mono, but also will lead to all kinds of other symptoms that are related to Epstein-Barr virus. Like it can make your immune system go crazy and you could get potentially an autoimmune condition. It could potentially disrupt how your immune system is functioning and over time you might be diagnosed with the cancer. It can affect how our gut works and you might be getting IBS diagnoses or you might be getting a inflammatory colitis symptom or it could go and inflame our brain and cause depression, anxiety. So it can affect the body in so many different ways. And majority of the time, it's some type of stressor. I do see it with people that are working out excessively too, that they can get a reactivation of the virus because they're overworking their body. Like those people that are running marathons all the time or Ironmans, they could do it for a while, but over time they uh, deplete their body so much that they get a reactivation of some bar virus and then they're not able to do what they used to be able to do. It seems like really, whether it's positive stress or negative stress, anything that's putting stress on that body, whether it's exercise or, you know, you know, other circumstances, that that could be the precursor. The other thing I find interesting, and maybe some of our audience wasn't aware of this, um, like I was, is that I always assumed that when you caught a virus and then your body fought it, that the virus actually left your body and that it was no longer in your body. And that's why your symptoms are gone. So yeah. what I'm hearing from you is that, is, is this the case for all viruses? Like no virus actually leaves your body or is it, you know, only certain types of viruses like, you know, the herpes family or those types of things that stay in the body and just go dormant? Yes, majority of viruses, every virus we actually get exposed to, and we don't absolutely know because we can't test for every tiny little thing. But when you get exposed to a virus, you're going to have antibodies to it. And this is a big, huge debate here, and we could go for a while on this, is, okay, you have antibodies to uh, hepatitis that can lead to long-term disease in the future. You have antibodies to HIV that could lead to long-term disease in the future. But then we, herpes, for example, like you're talking about, oh, that can lead to the herpes outbreaks, et cetera. And usually these herpes outbreaks happen when our immune system gets suppressed. And then we don't talk about all these other viruses we get exposed to. There's all kinds of viruses we get exposed to that can reactivate, like Epstein-Barr virus, cytomegalovirus, uh, HHV6, all all kinds of things. Uh, So yes, what you're saying is we get exposed to a virus and we never do laminate it completely. It forms what we call a virome. So many of you may have heard of the microbiome. All these bacteria that are hanging out in our gut is our microbiome. We do have a virome, all the viruses that we get exposed to. And the virus actually makes us who we are because viruses have DNA. And every virus we get exposed to changes our DNA in a certain way and changes who we are. So it's a very interesting concept. But yes, we get exposed to a virus. Our immune system puts it in a dormant state, but it's still there in our body. It hasn't totally been taken care of. But usually our immune system is able to keep it under control. 
So we're, we're having this virus, it's dormant in our body, a stressor happens, it gets reactivated. We might start feeling some mono-like symptoms. We might have some other effects that it might lead to. How might it make us feel energetically? What's happening in the body in its role in, in how we feel with our energy? So what happens with viruses is they go into our body and they hijack our cell and they start like taking control of our cell and using it to make more of itself. And through this process, it will always cause damage to our mitochondria and certain viruses are going to be harder on a mitochondria than others, especially like Epstein-Barr virus. It's very hard on damaging our mitochondrial function and messes with the metabolic reactions, all the different steps that happen in there. So we're not able to make a good amount of ATP. And this is why it can affect all cells throughout our body and lead to all these different types of symptoms that I was talking about. But it will always lead to debilitating fatigue because we're not making good ATP production is what all our body uses for its energy production. So our brain's not going to work very well. We're not going to be able to think as well. We're going to get focus issues or brain fog type of symptoms. We're not able to remember things as well. We're going to feel like we don't have as much stamina. We're not able to go as long. We're going to get exhausted much more easily, either mentally or physically. And then we're just going to have that sensation of, oh, I just really don't want to do anything because I just feel exhausted. A big thing too is it will cause this inflammatory state inside our brain. And when we get inflammation in our brain, it will mess with our communications and also our neurotransmitter production. So it will affect our serotonin. And when we mess with our serotonin or, or our dopamine, we're going to have lack of motivation to even want to do things, which we feel it's not necessarily our cells aren't getting energy in this respect, but we just don't feel like doing anything because we don't have enough serotonin or dopamine production being made. And then if we don't have enough serotonin production being made, we many times won't be able to get enough melatonin production. Now, if your cells are zapped, doesn't matter if you're making good melatonin production or not, you're just going to sleep all the time because you're so tired. But many times people can have an issue is they're tired, but they can't sleep at night. They might be able to sleep during the day periodically, take these little naps, but they're having a lot of difficulty sleeping at night. And that's that decreased serotonin production, not able to make good melatonin production. So not able to sleep very well at night, maybe stay awake too long or wake up throughout the night. Also, this will affect anxiety. So that will affect your sleep. Also, you're not, you're going to be ruminating thoughts all night long and you're not going to be able to fall asleep or you're going to wake up a lot during the night. And then that depression symptom that can happen from the serotonin will make us again, lack of motivation, not feel like doing anything throughout our body. So it can affect our brains. It will affect how our cells make ATP production. So we're not going to be able to have good energy production there. It will cause this chronic inflammatory state throughout our bodies, which will bog down all our metabolic reactions throughout our body. This will then lead to inflammation in our gut, which will lead to decreased absorption of nutrients, which again are needed for our mitochondria to make energy production through that. So it's going to cause damage. And then it's also going to lead to decreased nutrient absorption. So then you're not going to be able to make energy production because of that. And then over time, this inflammatory state and this decreased nutrient production will affect our endocrine organs. So that is our thyroid, our adrenal glands, our ovaries, our testes, et cetera, are all going to be affected. And all these hormones are needed for us to make great energy production too. So it's a huge thing. A lot of people dealing with, ah, I don't have enough energy or I'm tired all the time. I always want to rule out Epstein-Barr virus because I see it very commonly reactivated in these people that are tired often. So let's talk about that. I come into your office. I've listened to your episode here and I'm going, oh my gosh, like 
you know me, I am tired all day long. I'm struggling sleeping. I'm starting to notice auto, you know, autoimmune reactions, my foggy, I got ADHD, I've got depression. I mean, you name it, right? And I, so yeah. I come in and in, in your process, you, uh, part of that is, okay, let's rule out Epstein-Barr as a possible root cause of your issues. How do you test for that? And then if it comes out positive, what is your protocol to help this person get rid of this chronic infection so they can start healing their body? Yeah, so it's a simple blood test that we do to identify Epstein-Barr virus issues, but you can't just go to a normal doctor and be like, hey, I think Epstein-Barr virus might be related to my condition because they aren't going to order the exact tests that need to be done. They're just going to order these basic tests. A big thing that we need to order to really know if there's reactivation of the bug or you've just been exposed to it is we need to order an early antigen of Epstein-Barr virus. So when we see an elevation of this early antigen, that's when I'm saying, hey, your antibodies are really high. You also have an elevated early antigen and your symptoms are correlating with this. I'm very confident that Epstein-Barr virus is the cause of what's going on. Then what we do to treat that is, is various. We do dietary changes. Many times it will cause inflammation of the gut like I was talking about. So many times people are going to have all these food allergies, which are then causing this inflammatory state and leading to all kinds of problems also. So I like to do a food allergy testing. Many times I like to do what's called an ALCAT test, which is a lymphocyte histamine response test, which is specifically checking for histamine release from the body. This is my favorite type of food allergy testing. I guess we can't absolutely use that term allergy. It's weird in the medical arena. We'll call it a sensitivity, even though we'll cause all the symptoms that are related to allergy. I like that more than IgE testing, IgG testing, or IgA testing. I'm able to pick up a lot more information there. We're going to do that. We're also going to test your hormones out because, like I said, Epsom virus will check and mess with your hormones. So we're going to detail thyroid panel. We're going to look at your estrogen, progesterone, DHEA, testosterone. We're going to do a detailed look at your cortisol. Many times we're going to do what's called diurnal cortisol. Check your cortisol morning, afternoon, evening, and nighttime. I'm going to check to see if you have other bugs hanging out because Epstein-Barr virus can deplete your immune system and many times other bugs come in and take residence, maybe like cytomegalovirus, other viruses, HHV6, maybe certain bacterial infections like Borrelia, which is Lyme disease or mycoplasma pneumoniae or chronic strep, et cetera. We want to do a detailed look in that. So that's getting our base established and really finding out all these issues that have been going on with Epstein-Barr virus and the damage that has happened. And if we don't get this base and treat all these other underlying issues, you're not going to get all the way there. So it's not about just killing the virus. It's about healing the damage that has been happening from the virus. And then we do treatments to actually go after the virus. I prescribe several antiviral herbs like Melissa officionalis. I prescribe monolaurin many times. I prescribe like high doses of vitamin A, which are very antiviral, zinc and vitamin C. I prescribe quercetin to help get that zinc more readily in there. Also decreases this inflammatory histamine response that is happening throughout the body. And then many times supplementally doesn't really diet and supplements doesn't tend to always get people there. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Then I do more aggressive things like high dose IV vitamin C or artemisinin. I do photodynamic therapy, which is low level laser light, which has different spectrums like blue light and yellow light and ultraviolet light, which are very effective on killing off viruses and other bugs throughout the body. I prescribe certain IV nutrients to help to deplete the body of all the nutrients that have been depleted to get those cells turned on again and working appropriately and get that mitochondria healed up. 
And then many times there's this big inflammatory state that happens with Epstein-Barr virus and affects our blood vessels, especially our capillaries, which decreases how much red blood cells are able to get into our tissues throughout our body. So we do hyperbaric oxygen therapy, which will bypass that red blood cell need, get the oxygen right into the fluid base of your blood called your plasma. And that's able to deliver it right into there and get all our cells working how they should and get that mitochondrial oxygen that it needs. So that's the whole encompassing protocol that I do to help treat my patients with chronic Epstein-Barr virus. What it seems to me is that there's like this synergistic effect, right? Like you can't just get rid of the virus because your body has been damaged and that damage is going to keep your body weak so that the activation can just happen again. So in order to, in order, it's like you want to get rid of the virus, but you all want to make sure it doesn't come back. You've got to hit all of the areas in order for you to heal from the effects, get rid of the virus, and make sure your body is strong enough to be able to make sure it doesn't come back. So it sounds like it's an, uh, you know, a, a lengthy process. How long does it typically take when you're working with patients um, who are struggling with chronic EBV? How long does it typically take for them to get, you know, their body back in imbalance, the virus under control, and then feeling like themselves again? It will take a minimum two to three months, and that's going to be quick. Uh, usually to get all the way back to where you want, most commonly it takes about four to six months and up to a year to a couple of years in some people, depending on how they're dealing with this and how hard it is to eliminate the Epstein-Barr virus or how much damage has happened to their body. So it can take a while for some people, but on average, four to six months is uh, people can get back to their normal selves. And I imagine that's also like how serious you are as a patient to feel better again, because you can't drag them to the, to your office to get the treatments that you offer. You can't, you know, and so forth. So if you're feeling awful enough and you think I I'm done, I don't want to feel like this anymore. I want to get my life back. This is when you can come to somebody like Dr. Jake and actually get the support that you need. So for those people who are listening and they're going, wow, like I think that this might be my issue. Either way, whether it's EBV or something else, they can come to you and you can figure it out. There's tests that you take that and, and protocols that you go through. And of course, every single person that you're listening, you know, that's listening right now, your case is going to be different, right? Because we're all, we've got different DNA in our bodies. And so it affects each one of us a little bit differently. So it's not going to be cookie cutter. Everything that he shared here is a very comprehensive list that would cover a number of different people d- depending on their situation. So for those people who are listening and they want to get a hold of you, Dr. Jake, to start healing their bodies and feeling better again, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, visit our website, integrativemedica.com. Find our phone number there and you can set up a visit personally with me or my other doctors and we could do it in person or virtually. Wonderful. I love that you offer both of those options so that you can really be able to make an impact in so many more people's lives. Thank you so much, Dr. Jake, for talking with me today about this. Everyone else, we will see you next week. Hey, Dr. Jake, thank you for your time today. And if you enjoyed the show, then do us a favor and leave a review. It helps more people to find the show, which could save their life. And remember, this is a podcast and should not replace personalized attention from a medical professional like Dr. Jake. If you or someone you know has been diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder, cancer of any stage, or a life-changing illness, visit our website today and schedule a virtual appointment with one of our doctors who can lead you to a treatment plan in your area. That's integrativemedica.com. 
integrativemedica.com. Thank you for listening to the Integrative Medica podcast with Dr. J. To hear past episodes and get alerts for the future, subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting platform and be sure to follow us on YouTube as well. Just search for Integrative Medica with Dr. Jake.